Hello everyone from Cynthia and I. I is Mukuma, in case you forgot. Thank you so much to you all for your continued support over the last four years. We truly appreciate it. We are grateful for every one of you, all the way from Zambia to Rwanda to Nigeria and all over Africa. Really. And no, we're not saying bye. We're here for some time to come. We've had a rough year and we apologize for not putting out anything new for you. But we have been working hard on developing your content and Cynthia and I hope you enjoy what we've been working on. In the meantime, here's a throwback episode I'd like to share with you. This is one of my favorite episodes and also happens to be the one we had the most trouble recording. Ngosa shared some insight, amazing insight on pivoting culture and how the media space was coping during the pandemic. Plus, she's just amazing energy all around and I'm looking forward to having her on the show again sometime in the future. For now, um, here she is with Daniel and I and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, how are you doing? I think the same Hello. response. I like it. <laughs> are, we, are we recording? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Please continue. This is the beauty of doing stuff virtually, you know. Ah, things go wrong. You never know when things are starting, stopping. It's fine. I haven't, I haven't spoken to you on the podcast since September, and I always have. I always enjoy having you around. Uh, so much energy. And I love being Life here. Is amazing. What have you been up to the last six months? It's been that long since September. Yes, it's been it's been that long. But you know, the the funny thing is, is like I feel like talking about the six months doesn't really matter because everything I did in the last six months has sort of been thrown out of the window because you know the coronavirus has changed everything. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's it's annoying, right? Everything's just going to shit if you had travel plans. No, if you no, had... Funny enough, like for me, it, it it um after the initial like grief of thinking, oh my goodness, I I had worked really really hard to put certain things in place because I was sort of um I was in a very very uncertain place and was trying to find you know sort of a direction. And literally had just, everything was just coming together. And if we had started to shut down in Lusaka like a week later, things would have been very different. But it was literally the week when everything was coming together. I had all of these meetings set up. All my hard work had like (laughs) come together and literally everybody was canceling all my my meetings because they were in a panic. And I was like, no. And then I sat around for about a week and then realized that, wait, I'm actually lucky to work in digital media because there are ways that I can pivot quickly. So, you know, it's the fifth anniversary of my documentary about the Zambian national football team. And I was like, how do I celebrate this? How do I put this out there? And because the message of the film is one about being proudly Zambian, about being resilient, about being innovative in the face of, you know, uh, insurmountable odds. I was like, I, I feel like where we are as a country right now, um, you know, this is this is a story that's, that still needs to be uh, to be put out there to help um, inspire people. So it was all about building my motivational talk business. Um, but then, you know, I can put the film online. So the first thing I did was put the film back online on Vimeo so people can access it, they can rent or buy it. And that also means that, you know, if you can't get to a Zambief, to buy the DVD, 
you can buy it in a COVID-friendly way online and have it forever. And, and, and that's nice because unlike a DVD that you can lose, you know, once you purchase the film digitally, you always have it. Um, so that was a, a great thing. And then some other opportunities um, came up uh, to, do with, uh, to do with media um, that I can't quite talk about yet because I'm still in negotiations. Oh, give us um, hints. Put that good energy into the world. Let's hear it. Okay, well, you know, one of the things, there's, there's a video out right now where, um, you know, I'm asking about, like, how is the coronavirus going to define us? And I did that for Spring TV. And uh, it's on YouTube. Is Spring uh, TV new, by the way? Yes, yeah, Spring TV has sprung up from nowhere. Well, yeah, I didn't um, even know it existed. It's my nowhere. first time hearing it. Is it online? Not, Is not it like on DSTV? Where, where, where can I watch oh, that? So, so it's 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 going to be on 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 Top Star. Um, uh, but because of what is happening right now, they've been able to pivot and are uh, doing broadcast online, right? And so right now they are creating uh, a lot of online content, like every day, you know, there's videos about what's going on in the country um, and a lot about like how businesses are pivoting um, and, and how things are changing uh, in Zambia due to the coronavirus. And I think they're doing the best reporting about that right now. And they're, they're, they're very focused on what youth are doing as well, which I think is highly encouraging because, you know, our country is a youthful, uh, is a youthful nation. nation yeah. And so, you know, honestly, it is going to be youth who are going to drive whether, you, you know, we come out of this well or not because we're the, we're the majority. So, um, Yeah. Also, I'm sorry to get political, but I have no other person to ask this question. Why didn't Prime TV go online? Like, why didn't they just like a YouTube channel or something? But that's the point. It's all about, it's all about leadership, who is at the top, and how do they think of, of pivoting. Um, I'll give you an example uh, from back in the day. Um, so the Rolling Stones was, uh, you know, the magazine, the music magazine. Everybody went to them to find out like what was going on, like to get the backstory on the artist, to know what's hot, what's new, right? And they were, you know, uh, they were approached to create a TV channel, right? And they were like, no, like music videos, that will never work. Like, yeah, we, we, we see them every now and again as filler on TV, but like a 24-hour channel, like just of music videos, no, that will never work. So you know what? Somebody else took that idea. They made MTV. Oh, really? Yeah. Right? And then if you look then now further down the line, because MTV started in the early 80s, right? And then the internet came, right? And, you know, the Rolling Stone magazine is now uh, struggling because print was was finding it difficult to transition uh, from uh, from being you know on paper to on to being online, right? But if they'd had the TV channel to sort of help them make that transition, that might have been that might have been a bit easier, right? So some people get stuck in the medium that they're in, and they don't see how to pivot, whereas other 
other channels like CNN has started writing more content, right? So yes, there's still a TV channel, but they have written content that they share daily, as well as doing video clips online, which then, so then they've created an ecosystem where they're touching people through different, um, the, yeah. their different mediums and different ways of telling the story, right? So it's people like that who are going to survive. And Spring TV is doing that. They're writing articles. They're creating, uh, you know, uh, short, uh, short videos. And they're creating, like, little clips so that then they can, you know, you can go watch the full story on, on, on YouTube, right? And then when they're, when they're able to launch on um, uh, TV, then they will do that. Smart. And I guess pivot is the, the crucial thing, the crucial word, um, which kind of defines uh, what's needed in our ecosystem at the moment, especially on the local side. And um, talking about all this stuff just reminded me of um, how we do through around the word innovation as well. And I was just thinking about what kind of like ideas in innovation uh, people are testing at the moment, well, apart from Spring TV and uh, uh, the stories that the micro stories that they're telling. Do we have any other examples or people in the media space that are innovating in a different way to kind of adapt or pivot to the current environment? I mean, even the big tech companies have to kind of like uh, pivot and stuff like that. Yeah, I've, right. I would like to shout out the IT team at the local media house for inventing Zoom. That was really. <laughs> <laughs> I know they saved us. I mean, we wouldn't be able to do this today without that. <laughs> Definitely. I, I will give them a special shout out for also adding the record feature. We wouldn't be able to put this out to the world as well without that feature. We appreciate. <laughs> oh, you guys. You guys. Oh, <laughs> I hope the world knows it was banter, you know, <laughs> at the highest level. <laughs> yeah, I don't want us to oh, show Lord. up in TechCrunch. Oh gosh, you know what? But that also shows how people don't know what's out there, right? Mm. And then also like how the, the you know, I I love us, but like there's 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 something about us where we just I, I don't know what it is, where it, instead of just giving where credit is due or like or just saying look, this is how we've done it, we we exploit people's like ignorance and it, it's it's not it's it's not right. It's not right. It's not right. And I guess it but, kind of I mean, ties. Oh, it's tough. Ahead. It's tough out there, yeah? So, like, people are trying to make the quick bag, gain that promotion, you know? But, I mean, not that it's right, but it just speaks to the circumstances everyone is in at the moment. Yes, but it, it's, it's, it, it also shows our lack of creativity, right? True. Usually, when, when people are trying to take care of themselves... It's it's not in a nice way. We say we're a Christian nation, but we do not we do not you know we're not we're not the good Samaritan. Yeah. Hey, we're we, a nation we're of double standards. Yeah. We literally swindle. Our number one tactic in getting ahead is swindling in some shape or form. Some sort of swindling, some sort of corruption. Right. But to go back to your point about like innovation, we are doing some really amazing things. Like for example, musicians, they've been on it. They've, you know, they've been really fighting to get themselves on Apple Music, but now it's finally accessible from Zambia and you don't have to do like kamikaze moves and like set up an account in like some other country and blah, blah, blah. There's that. 
people are really thriving on YouTube. We've got a lot of YouTube content going on. Also, I love that. Yeah. Instagram, Instagram Live has become the thing. You know, DJs like Sebastian Dutch like have like a weekly set that they, you know every. I think his is every Sunday, right? Where he's on uh, IG Live, um, uh, which is great. Um, a lot of people have you know started like uh, chats uh, about whatever it is that they 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 want to talk about. Um, you know, Bongo Hive is doing all sorts of webinars. Um, Ongolo Africa, which is a new um, platform that's uh, been started, like uh, started by Zambian, that is hoping to be the Huffington Post of Africa. Um, articles are coming out, and like weekly uh, weekly chats uh, from the diaspora, and also about um, you know how can we economically stay afloat during this time. It's going on. Um, the Z Travel Foodie is uh, doing virtual tours of Zambia um, from all of her trips. She's been able to curate, you know, uh, photos and content and take people around. So you don't have to, you know, get on a plane, but you can still go on safari. You can still have uh, a nice time seeing the Victoria Falls. So there's, there's people thinking about what can I possibly do? Right. And, you know, I've even been a part of a watch party with my own movie where, uh, you know, students in the U.S. Uh, watched the film. And afterwards we had a chat about, um, you know, and, and, and were able to exchange uh, educationally and culturally. Right. So the, you know, things things can be done. And what is going on here is what is going on around the world. Right, people are finding ways um, to get around, you know, social and physical distancing, and 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 seeing that you can do these things virtually. Because what we've been craving is connection, and the lazy way to do that is to be physically present somewhere, right, and gather somewhere. But what people are realizing is actually it's more about the connection. It's not necessarily being able to touch the person, but if you can see them or you can connect to them on some level, then, you know, everything, everything is okay, which is why Zoom meetings uh, are, are allowing people to work from home. People are creating game nights. Um, there's an app, House Party, that creates all of these, like, you can play all these um, games with, like, your friends, right? People are, people are hosting global, uh, you know, house parties where a, a, a certain artist says hey i'm going to you know i'm going to have i'm going to do this concert at this time or whatever and everybody is like you know getting dressed up making their drinks and 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 having a a, a good time um and uh, also in the uk they're putting a lot of theater and dance on uh, online and they've seen an upsurge, like 20% of uh, UK adults are watching theater for the first time. Uh, they're doing it through uh, online means. Museums are creating new experiences. Um, the Louvre has done something amazing and bringing the Mona Lisa out of the, uh, out of the picture and has sort of done 3D modeling. So you can, you know, what can we as Zambians do? Because we, we, we know that we can do it. I didn't know there was 3D printing in Zambia. Until I found out that it, just like in Senegal, like there's kids here in Zambia creating uh, creating a ve ventilator. Who knew? Oh, there is, yeah. So, 
So the, the, the fact of the matter is, we always say we can't do this because we don't have this, we don't have that. That's a lie. It's pretty clear that um, we ha- there is a lack of information sharing in Zambia, right? And we have the ability to change that right now. And if we find out what we have and what we can do with it, we can work together to figure to figure this out. Netflix has tripled its profits in the last couple of months. They rushed out the last dance, right? Because it wasn't ready yet. It wasn't fully edited. That's why it's being released two episodes at a time, right? And the reason that they did that is because sports aren't being played right now and there was a void and they were able to fill it Plus, uh, you know, the untimely death of uh, Kobe Bryant and him being featured as well, they 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 were able to use that um, they were able to use that momentum and took advantage of the situation because people are looking for more and more content to watch because you know a, a huge part of this is just being able to space out um, every now and again and people are turning to to good content, you know. So it's like how do you th- there is an opportunity right now. This is an incredibly disruptive. Uh, time globally, right? And it's the question is, what are you going to do to tap into that? Because there is actually a lot of opportunity right now, and people are taking advantage. Yeah, I'm actually very curious about like the the virtual tours and stuff like that. Like, what do you guys think um, the future is like for AR and VR in Zambia at the moment? Like, do we have anyone playing around with that sort of thing? Because I imagine like a virtual game. A game tour that, that would be something that's really really fun i know there's some people that are doing work around like um house tours like if you're looking to buy a house or like rent a house you can do like a virtual tour and stuff like that i think there's like one platform i've seen trying to do that but then like expanding that into other spaces is something that would actually increase even the level of exposure that let's say our national parks our tourism spots which i also feel like we could do a lot more with i mean people are making money off table mountain and they're making a shitload of money uh, it shows you can make money off anything and maybe virtual tours is something that could actually help. I like that you talked about exposure. I think exposure, information sharing is something that, it's a disease. Like, it goes back to the swindling and the fraud and all that stuff. Like, <laughs> Everyone's scared. Yeah, there's this, there's this like um, thing where we hold on to the information that we have. We don't want to share it because maybe it's because you feel like if you let go of that little information you have, you'll be less valuable or no one will see you as relevant anymore you know it's crazy i hope not that's sad because like ideas aren't worth anything execution matters i think we're exactly with ideas and we need to get from potential to execution you know Right. And a lot of what has been circulating right now, um, both in the healthcare space and also in the AI space, has been this idea of Ubuntu, right? Um, there's two articles, like when you, when you release this, I'll, um, I'll uh, reply with, with the links um, uh, to them. But it's just talking about how we have an opportunity to like, think about how do we move forward uh, to this, uh, forward in this collectively. The articles are talking about, you know, the, the idea of Ubuntu and I, I'll post, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll post the links and attach them to this episode when you, when you, you know, when you share it out. Um, but it's, it's basically just talking about like, how do we move forward together? This 
pandemic has collectively affected us, right? And what I do affects what other people do. Like, you know, in, in social distancing, if I wear a mask and if I, you know, keep my distance and you do the same, then it means that we're helping each other fight this, uh, you know, you know, fight this pandemic. And, and we need to start thinking about like, how do we progress and how do we innovate in a way that we're not just thinking about ourselves, but also like how are we affecting else. And I think that Zambia like needs to like stop and think about where where we collectively are and what each of us individually can uh, can do to collectively help us move forward, right? And that's a really big thing. And one of those things is really information because there's so many things that can be done. Like in the same way that like Afri Delivery, right, saw the opportunity, right, and increased their fleet. And was able has been able to help restaurants keep afloat during this time, right? And people are ordering, right? People are ordering food. When I was recording that, I feel like they need to share stats on, like, you know, what COVID has got for them, just as inspiration. Like, people need to know that there's so those people who are doing the BR for house uh, for housing, right? If if there was a way and. The Zambia Tourism Board, like, really frustrate everybody. Uh, a ago, where we're saying that, like, like tap into tap into the creative and work with the creative industry. You work with that technology that is creating, you know, VR for houses. See what we can do with the Victoria Falls, with Kafua National Park, with the Kasanka bat migration. Can you imagine what that would look like on VR? It would be awesome. The the wildebeest migration that happens yearly, the Kwamboka ceremony. There's so many things that could be done, right? And you know, work with uh, you know work with uh, filmmakers to to really give us an idea. Think of Black Panther. Black Panther, when they did the, you know, that scene where, um, you know, the Black Panther is, you know, is fighting Mbaku, and then also when he's fighting uh, Killmonger to, you know, uh, to retain, uh, to retain the throne, right? They was came it really? At, was it they really at the Victoria Falls? It was. They came with drones. Yeah. No. Just imagine that filmmaker perspective. Okay, so like they just shot like blanks. They didn't shoot like the acting or the fighting in the falls, right? So they put that all together. That okay, was CGI. Green screen stuff. Okay, yeah, great. Okay. I mean, not great, but I mean, like not having that knowledge would suck. <laughs> Yes, but you see, the thing is, is that like I know uh, drone o- operators, and I've seen some of the amazing stuff that they've done. In fact, one of the drone operators, um, what you call it, they they did hire locally. Like, um, he's on he's on Instagram. I can't remember what his name is. I'll I'll share that too. But yeah, he he was he was a part of that team. So why not use him? Huh? Hello. This stuff yeah. is not working. we're not using each other enough. You know, like um. Like when I look at the space that we're in, the kind of industry that we're in, like a lot of um, a lot of the companies, a lot of the industry, a lot of the like the even the the small businesses need each other. Like you can't work in isolation. You, like Daniel was saying, like you can't hoard ideas. Ideas won't take you anywhere until you actually get them working on the ground, and it's a little disappointing. Like. I, I sympathize like the tourism sector, we could do a lot more and it's not just working with creatives or filmmakers. It's just working generally with everybody to kind of put together platforms that benefit everybody. And I don't know, like yeah. um, convincing people to remember that any kind of contribution, even if it's at a micro level, helps the community grow is something that's right. uh, a, a lot of work. Like, 
I don't I don't know. I'm almost losing hope with 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 my fellow countrymen. I I I, I don't no. know. I, it's crazy. No, 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 no. You know what you need to do? Like, and I even re- retweeted this article today. Like, yeah, the Zambia doesn't need creators. Yeah, I saw that, but I've never like properly read it. Could we Daniel talk about that? Dubbed me one of the magical revolutionaries. <laughs> so you know, as far as I'm concerned, I can retire now. On a serious note, there are people out there, and I consider you guys a, a part of that. Um, there are people who are thinking outside the box, who do believe that these things can be done. It's just a question of we just need to get to that tipping point, you know. Where and 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 I'm hoping that you know this time will cause a, a surge where we know we can't go back to the way things were. We just can't. Things have been disrupted, and they can never go back. And the point is, is what do we want to do in the future? Right. And I think that this is a great time to sort of be like, let's galvanize, let's do this. Right. Millennials and Gen Z, like we cannot wait. Yeah. The baby boomers, <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. I mean, and no, I, I don't know what's going on with Gen X. You know, the freedom fighters, that time is gone and that, that upswell and, and that initial surge and, and wave of progress, it's gone. And if we do not do something in the digital age, yeah, we are going to sink. And honestly, I refuse to sink. Yeah, no, no, it's just not in me. I cannot sink, right? Yeah, and however many times you try to push me down, I will bob back up to the surface somehow, right? And so this is me bobbing up and saying, y'all, we need to get our ish together. We need to start doing things. There is such an opportunity right now. We have to take advantage. And if we don't, somebody else will we need to step things up because it's clear that the internet is the future, right? You know, that's what I was thinking. Like, why haven't Liquid or Zamto upgraded their speeds? Like, what's involved in upgrading their speeds? Like, we can't be on 10 Mbps. I'm seeing my friends in, like, the US have, like, 800 megabytes per second. I'm like... But isn't isn't, isn't the biggest problem affordability? No, I think not from a consumer end, not from a consumer end, but more from the actual infrastructure. I don't know because they've been charging us an arm and a leg for quite a long time. Like, honestly, if they were able to drop prices, like, you know, liquid, like, have like that, have have dropped the price in some of their bundles. So, if they were able to do that, then that means that it's, it's possible, right? And around the world, like, they've been beefing up. Because like streaming, like for example, in Italy, streaming has gone up by a hundred percent, right? But the internet has not crashed because uh, telecoms responded, right? Because yeah, there is no an increased demand. There's an increased demand for from everybody, even here in Zambia. Clearly, people were staying up to watch, you know, the um, Jill Scott versus Erica Badu. <laughs> oh, I thought you were about to say Matako Mansion. <laughs> this just shows you how, how what many people are using the internet for these days. I, I didn't even know. I was like thinking all oh, the way somewhere else. I was thinking about a basketball game or anything like that, like just an old thing. Because I'm watching this Michael Jordan thing, so like, I was, oh, uh, you are? Yeah, like it's it's something that's really interesting. Like, um, I have more time for TV now. Like, I can get off work at 4 p.m. and not have to drive home. There's no commute mm. anymore. It it just gives you so much time to do so much more. But going back That's to the, the internet, beauty of remote work. Yeah, going back to like the internet and like um why we 
aren't getting faster speeds than we're getting. Like, I think I definitely want to get someone on the podcast to kind of like shed more light on that because I've heard like different things. I've heard that the, the taxes on the infrastructure that come in, that bring this internet into the country, that allow people to actually access it is is a little too high. So the what, what infrastructure is this? Cost. Like the cable? Uh, well, not just the cable, but even just um, the fact that there's a monopoly. Okay, not a fact, like the assumption that there's a monopoly uh that brings all this stuff into the country i am tired of fighting with the internet in zambia <laughs> just exhausted that was, that was just really for me. like i have different battles today and i'm like, totally exhausted like can this day end already it, no seriously because zesco decided to do like some maintenance thing and they said that they had told us they didn't so the lights only just came back and then I've been fighting to like my my bun my uh, what do you call it my liquid telecom exp- uh, finished, and so I was I've been trying to use the app to <laughs> to top up all day. <laughs> and it's hard. The app is trash. Like it's so bad, and you know all my little tricks of like uninstalling, reinstalling, re. The, nothing has worked and i'm like this is this is not it like this is the time that this thing should be working because you know right yeah because even in like places people the places are stopping uh accepting cash right and then you know really I, which places are this like all all the all the uh, all the places in my area yeah have stopped accepting cash so like if you go to the supermarket or whatever if you don't have a card right they won't uh they won't accept cash right and then uh then if you want to use your card i'm trying not to go into places right i'm just trying not to interact with things (laughs) you know what i mean so i'm like cash or you what do you call it i have to touch like a whole load of buttons and things that i don't want to touch yeah and like this is just stupid because i don't like unless i have a reason other than going to by internet i don't want to leave because that's my day gone for the week and i'm waiting to find out about whether i have another meeting so until i find out when that meeting is i can't i, I can't plan my my week so this is just frustrating me and then i have a small bundle on mtn right for the moment but like i'm like i don't want to have to keep buying like small mtn bundles like that sounds I'm very just, stressful like you've had uh, yeah, a stressful very, day like can we no talk idea. about how like we can't get like um um even the most basic of services um uh what, what's the correct phrasing here we can't get good quality even for the smallest of things i mean you shouldn't have to yes. struggle with mobile apps like that like you shouldn't have to even like you're giving them money, it should be easy for them to receive that exactly. money and give yeah. you what you need. Ish, it's rough, man. Not only that, like 400 is supposed to be free, right? But MTN has been charging me. Like, and then my, then I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling anymore because I can't, have, I can't afford you taking my credit for this because like you stay on the line for a really long time. Before somebody gets to you. They always tell me to call 400. And I'm like, nah, it's not happening. 
Wait, don't yeah. they say? And so I've sent them. So I've sent them an email. Like you can send four hundred an email as well. So I've sent them an email, and I'm like, for the last two days, I've actually been trying. And now my, now the what do you call it? <laughs> now my internet is finished. <laughs> like, so. I'm guessing you have no way of actually topping it up now because your internet is done. This reminds yeah. me of Vodafone. Like when they started, like when you ran out of bundles and stuff like that. You needed the internet to top up because they never had like a USSD service. So like once you ran out, you ran out. Right. In order to do it, I have to then give money to somebody else. It's just every like the basic stuff are just so hard. Yeah. And for the first time in a long time, I'm like stressed out. Like I have been, you know, I have, I have. I've, I've been coping with you know the changes and stuff but like today like honestly I, I, <laughs> I'm just so, like this was just not the day like I have a follow-up question to this like um is it enough then that we have innovation in all these spaces like where are the checks and balances to make sure that people are actually delivering something that um helps people beyond it just being a concept yeah, I don't I think, think we when have we start caring value. about the customer, we don't care about customers here. No, don't we really. don't. And the people who work there are just like, I'm just getting my basic paycheck. Mm. <laughs> and that's it. Like there's no there's no there's no concept of brand ambassadorship, like thinking, oh, when I'm doing my job, I'm representing my company. And you know, if I do my job well, then you know that that reflects well on the company and that will bring them more business and then that will mean more revenue. And if there's more revenue, then that means that you know maybe I can get a raise or something like that. There's just no there's people are like, I have a job, they're not thinking about upward mobility, they're not thinking about building, right? And you know, the the people up top are like, oh, I'm getting my money, who gives a damn about whatever, like, because I'm getting my money regardless of whether it's a good service or not and stuff. And then we're just stuck. Yeah. Because this business of hopping from from internet provider to internet provider is exhausting. Yeah. I even reluctantly like switched to the to, 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 to Liquid Telecom last year. And the reason was because of Netflix. I, you know, I watch a lot of um content because of the business that I'm in, right? So it made sense. But the fight, the fight just to get a new bundle is ridiculous. That, like that's what Mukuma was saying. It's like we are the ones giving them money. So like it doesn't make sense. Like you should want me to give you money and you should make it as easy as possible. But I think exactly. it also just goes back to we're not even innovating enough. Maybe this doesn't work for us. The like the the methods that everyone uses at the moment. Maybe that's not our way, and we need to figure out what our payment method is. What do you yeah. mean? What our payment method is? Because it's not. Because the thing is, is that like we're, even with the pandemic now, everything is moving to cashless, yeah. right? So. Like either you give me a USSD app or like you 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 fix the app because the app has not been updated since November of last year. Which app is that? The Liquid Telecom one. The Liquid Telecom one. Hmm. So weird, and they make themselves seem like such a progressive company. Right. Aren't yeah. they all? And <laughs> people leaving True. comments saying that like this app is trash. 
Yeah. And like they don't think that ruins their brand image. The thing is, so like in Zambia, you can get away with that. Yeah, we, we you can get away with that. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't someone just get away with like um, bashing customers? I think I was reading comments um, the other day about this uh, beauty company that was bashing someone via WhatsApp or text or something like that, and calling them all sorts of names. You know, like cussing them out and stuff like that. People will still buy. And people. Yeah, because the thing buy, is, yeah. people forget. There's initial uproar, and then, like, because we're so used to just like getting on with it, um, I think I'd commented, like, uh, you know, the the rapper Chanda uh, Bao had, you know, asked people, like, you know, what is great about us, and then what isn't so great about us that we should give up. And I said, what's great about us is our resilience, but also what we need to like, what we need a culture shift in is our resilience as well. Because we're so used to things going wrong or like our, our leaders not serving us or service being really bad or whatever, we just continually adapt and it's not healthy. It's, 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 it's a collective trauma that we, we carry with us right where it's just like no you just have to you know you just have to suck it up and you just have to keep going right and the few people who are in the space right know that eventually right you will come back so airtel mtn liquid telecom zamtel they know that we're just hopping from one to the other to the other to the other and they're okay with that for some reason like that works for them and i don't even know how we break that and i think the only way that we break that is us as customers right not enough of us complain yeah, I complain. Airtel is very responsive, but they never do anything. They just show face. Yeah, dude, like, try to complain to Airtel MTN. Like, it's, 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 it's futile. Like, and they're so kind, you know, like, that stopped throwing me off a long time ago. Before it would throw me off and I wouldn't even complain. But now I just, like, lay to them straight. But nothing really ever changes. I don't know if adding, like, another mobile operator would, like, change the situation. I guess we're just too we're just too lenient. No, because remember, Vodafone came came through at one point, and honestly, until they just crumbled, they dug their own grave. They they were actually great. That's the only reason I moved to Liquid Telecom because they just disappeared. But like when they when they were functioning, (laughs) right? Yeah, it worked for me. I didn't I didn't have you know it wasn't that difficult. Um, and w- if I was having if I was having an issue, there was usually some there was a, there was a guy nearby who would be selling you know uh, uh, top up on his phone, and if I could do it, he would be able to do it. It was it was pretty easy, although that would not be an option now because I'd be like I don't want to go out even if I have a mask to like have to sort this out. <laughs> but, but I was I was I was fine with their service. Right. Also, because what I liked about them is when there was service inter- interruption, they would actually give you. They would actually give you gigabytes. Are you serious? Yeah. They give you data. Is that why they went broke? Yes. Well, I think they it would was give like you data, a... and I know because I was a loyal customer, I got proper. Like people would be like, "Oh, I got this amount." I always got more than most people. Yeah, because I was a good customer. God damn it. <laughs> You know what? I, I was the shittiest customer. I was the lousiest customer. And they still gave me data every month. That's just how generous they were. I think they gave me like yes, but I'm saying that like I, I but I know because I was a good customer. I was getting even more than even the shittiest customer. So I was like, this, this, this was it was working for me. I don't know what happened. I don't know how they imploded. Yeah. 
somebody needs it because one day, like I just stopped, like one day my, and I still had like loads of gigabytes, which really annoyed me. No warning, no nothing. They just disappeared. But um, um, the creativity in the media industry and the things that people are doing. Um, so, and, and how do we, how do we tap into that? Um, because the rest of the world, you know, is doing all of these different things. Um, another example is the, um, uh, y- yes, you can see on the news, um, people adapting really quickly or like the daily show or last week tonight or the Graham Norton show, they're doing it from home, like really easily when Andrew Cuomo, the CNN anchor, um, found out he had coronavirus, he was able to easily do it from home. He didn't have to go into, um, into the office. So it's been really easy. Zoom has really played a part, um, in, in, in that too. Um, but even, uh, series have been able to shoot, uh, the courtroom drama All Rise just did a uh, an episode where they had each cast member film from their house, which is quite amazing, right? And then also just thinking about like African culture. I don't know if you've been seeing the viral videos of the Ghanaian pallbearers. First, it was them, you know, <laughs> yeah. at a few right and then all of a sudden in asia <laughs> like they they're replicating these things in eastern europe they held a funeral for their currency um and stuff and the thing is everybody was thinking how are the ghanaian pallbearers um benefiting from this and a couple of days ago i saw uh, this a somalian short film and it was inspired by the ghanaian pallbearers and so african culture is traveling right? And so it's like, how do we take advantage of this? Because Netflix is now uh, pushing out all of its uh, South African shows because it had uh, premiered Queen Sono and now it's um, uh, premiering, is it Blood and Water? I think it's called, Um, about some uh, elite uh, boarding school in South Africa. So this, and then there's all of this content that is coming out of Netflix Nigeria, which was officially launched like last year. And and so I'm thinking, how do, how do we tap into that? If we don't tap into it through all of these global mechanisms, how do we ourselves lead the way, right? Because the, the world is not necessarily, um, the, the, the world is not necessarily going to come to us. We have to come to the world, right? And the thing is, when we do, it's clear that we have something to offer and we have something of interest. So, like, I've got a question, like, specifically on something like that. Like, I like what you mentioned in terms of how, like, the this, the media in the U.S. is evolving um, with the circumstances that we have, especially for the fact that, um, like, the cast is shooting, like, um, scenes in their own homes, which is something that's really interesting. Like, I don't know how we could transition into... Um, these sort of spaces, especially as a country in terms of like the media space, what's the landscape around allowing um, an innovation like that to happen, especially with like, I know we have one of the biggest telenovelas, like Azuba and stuff like that. Like how are they adapting to this sort of era that we're stepping in? It seems for me, what they've had is they've had doctors. I know that um, Naeem Dalal went uh, to the set of Zuba to um to to implement uh things because the thing the thing uh, about um 
the film industry is that for the most part, actually, like the camera, you and the camera, there's a, there's a good distance between you and the camera, right? So you can set up crew so that they are physically distancing, right? The, 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 the problem comes with the actors because they're in, they, they might end up in close proximity, but you can actually block even, you know, in, in, if you're all together, you can block it in a way that people don't necessarily have to be that close. And also it would reflect our new reality because the fact of the matter is, right, if you're going to be talking about life, you've got to actually portray the way it is happening, right? And right now people aren't like, they're not, they're, 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 not, they're not sitting next to each other. They're sitting apart. So there's ways to do it, right? And then also, um, you, you could then be like, okay, we're shooting at this person's house today, uh, or we can set up for them, right? Which is happening a lot. Even um, uh, you know, Richard Quest, he got the coronavirus, right? And somebody came and set up all the cameras around his house and told him what to do. Uh, and then also, I think you can set up things to be done remotely, like the way you're recording this now. I'm not in control of that, right? Um, there's, I think there's, there's ways to do these things. And so it's like, how do we, um, how do we tap into that? You know who I think is benefiting the most from this era? It's like influencers are suddenly taking the stage. Like they have like a, like a, like a serious motivation at the moment to take their place in the social media world and shine. I think that, you know what, if anything, this has shown that how we are trying to pivot and we're trying to do things differently, but it's not just about us because a lot of the time I think it we're made to look like we're lazy or that we're not, um, we're not engaged, that we're not trying to do things differently, that we're not trying to innovate, that we're not trying to move things forward. And we really are, but like this, the, the environment that we work in is hostile. It is constantly setting us up to fail. I cannot uh, agree more. I, I definitely agree with that because I think these are conversations that we've had consistently. Um, trying to drive an agenda in this kind of environment is only made difficult by the powers that be that are able to drive change much faster than we would ever do it. And it's so annoying. It's so frustrating. And the worst part is all the blame is pushed back to the people that are trying to make the change, which is just a little bit unfair. Right. And the thing is, is like, but, but the thing is also is that we're also brought up with that kind of mentality. I'll give you an example. <laughs> so I went into a boutique store and I saw a really nice pair of shoes and I wanted to buy the shoes. And so I asked them what sizes that they had. And they didn't have anything smaller than a size five in women. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm a size three. So, you know, like, shouldn't you at least stock even at least, I know that, uh, you know, uh, Zambian women tend to have sh uh, shoes, uh, shoe sizes between five and eight. Like that's, those are the most common sizes. Right. But yeah, if you have one or two, at least if you said, oh no, we sold out. So you'd even try it. You know what I mean? Like know that like you're going to have like a customer. And I know I'm not the only one because I know Sandy, <laughs> Sandy Chimpal is also size three and she has had this problem for years. Um, you know, and you know what the woman said to me? She said, why don't you just go and shop in the children's section? Oh, no, no. <laughs> what shoes have I got? So you want me to go and get like pink and white polka dot with 
a bow pair of shoes from the children's section. I already have enough difficulty like being taken seriously <laughs> as a small person, right? At my big age. And at that time I was I was in my I was in my late twenties, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it was only until like South African stores like came here in 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 their droves that I started to find my shoe size. So like in the early 2000s, that was the sort of thing that I would get from people, right? Yeah. And even still now, if you go into the average boutique store, they do not have my size. And that is not okay. That is not okay. But I mean, like, that's, like, I think we were okay with just serving and getting, like, the bare minimum done, but not going the extra mile for customers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there was another, uh, I think, um, Mafupe Chunga uh, tweeted that he he was trying to look for gas for his for his stove and so he had a canister and he went uh went to a, a place that uh you know had them and they were like no sorry we don't we don't stock that uh, we don't stock that canister and we don't uh regas that canister and just and like that, that like no solution <laughs> like, okay we can do this we can do something else you know <laughs> so what I'm picking up generally is we we have like the means and the capability to like innovate in all the different spaces around us, but we just aren't as willing. And even when we do, we just don't care enough about the customer to want to do better mm. uh, than the bare minimum. Right. And also if we if we do things a certain way and then we're being asked to do something different, we have a real problem deviating. Right real problem deviating it's gone to the point where like i've been having my car was being washed but i needed to leave the house right and yes you wash the car every day at this time but i need to leave the house now so you need to stop but literally the person washing the car said to me can you wait until i finished washing the car (laughs) then you can go (laughs) so i should be late I should be late because you haven't finished washing the car. Okay. Yeah, let me tell the conference that I'm speaking at, like, yeah, sorry. Somebody needed to finish washing my car before I could leave the house. How does that make sense? It's just, it, and the thing was, I wasn't even angry, right? Because like, yes, I don't usually leave the house at this time, right? Me leaving in the morning, you know, before, even before 11 a.m. is, is a miracle, Right. So yes, this is, this, is, this is a deviation from the norm. And I even understand that. So I'm fine going out with a car that isn't fully washed because I know that this is not the time that I usually leave. You need to be okay with that. I, the world is not going to end. Right? And then when it comes to things like business, like if, this, it, it, if the, the, there's a difference between having a niche customer versus providing something that is universal like gas or like electricity or internet right you can mm-hmm. never have too many customers that is very true and like i mean zesco is like the poster boy for terrible customer service <laughs> i i can think about it. a lot of other companies that would be that, that, that will totally give them a run for their money though but uh <laughs> Kings, huh? I hear <laughs> everyone saying <laughs> 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 yeah. 
but this 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 can't keep going forward right we can't come out of this and still have all of these other things to deal with because the story uh, you know across the african continent and many developing countries is that we're dealing pretty well with this coronavirus right because of you know being traumatized for decades with aids and then with ebola and then just having poor sanitation and and so much energy being put into wash your hands do this do that having another cholera outbreak or whatever that you know we've, we we have all of these protocols that we are using but the thing is, is that like we need an overhaul of life yeah we need an overhaul of life because we need somebody to go forward <laughs> What, yes, what is going to kill people isn't the coronavirus right now. It's going to be the malnutrition. It's going to be, you know, the 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 depression coming from losing their 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 their, their, their job. It's it's going to be from all of these other things, yeah. Or the fact that, like, you know, you already you already poor, and then now there's even you know less opportunity because the economy has shrunk. Yeah, we That's can't crazy. continue like this. We really just can't continue like this, and I don't under I don't understand. It's the one thing that I I I don't understand about what it means to be Zambian, and it's this just taking it. I just can't take it. I never have been able to, and the the more and more people seem to be joining me. But like I know, like since I was a kid, I was always known as the weirdo who was always complaining and just you know just not just not accepting how things were. Yeah, it's just it's just not in my nature. It's not in my nature. Yeah, that's what will probably kill me. The stress <laughs> of this, thing, like, this can't be life. This cannot be it. No. You know, Daddy, you want to say something? I mean, that's just making me think about my pressures. Like I've been thinking about moving out, and not really like, and I'm looking for a place, and like. You hear, ah, that place has so much load shedding, or ah, this place has no fiber, ah, this place has terrible internet. Like, how do you thrive in like this environment? But anyway, I mean, um, the other thing on my mind at the moment is, I mean, like, there's all this going wrong, but then you hear so many stories. There's people who are like, hey, last recession, I became like a millionaire. I found all the opportunities. I did this. I did that. Like, what's out there? Let's say I had and wanted to, you know, add some value to different individuals or different communities in like during this pandemic. Maybe that value might gain me some monetary income. What areas are those that are ready for? I don't want to say disruption, but for value creation. Yeah, agriculture, food. Like that's a big one because people need to be fed and we need to feed them somehow, some way. <laughs> and a lot of, you know, cause you're hearing of like, you know, milk going, going bad and things because supply chains have been disrupted and things. So if you can figure that out, yeah. that would be adding, that would be adding some value. Getting into the biomedical field, it is pretty clear that, you know, if the world breaks down out there, then we're just left to fend for ourselves. Right. So, you know, we, we started this conversation on a very positive note, talking about like, you know, Senegal creating a ventilator and that even happening here in Zambia. Right. How do we scale that up? Yeah. It shouldn't just be Makoro Makoro and somebody's like, you know, little room in their house. Right. How do we 
how do we get back to manufacturing? Because Zambia actually in this, you know, in the 60s and 70s was a manufacturing powerhouse here in, 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 in Southern Africa. You know, we had some pretty big, you know, uh, uh, factories, Dunlop, uh, Land Rover. We were doing some stuff, right? And then in the 80s, yeah, there was, uh, there was a change, right? Yeah. And then, you know, and copper prices going down as, as well. And then all of a sudden, you know, no more manufacturing. And then everything was privatized in the 90s. And then since then, we've just sort of been flailing. Right. So, you know, how do we how do we how do we move towards that? Right. How do we do what Zambia breweries did, like switch from making alcohol production uh, to to making sanitizers and sanitizers and stuff? Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, and how do we make that a, a PPE? Because you know the what do you call it the the Kenya textile industry has been able to like make that switch pretty quickly. Like what is going on at Mulungushi um, Textiles? That was one of the uh, most uh, prized textile factories in Africa. People used to love the 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 material that came out of there. I had friends who would tell me that we used to call it Amazambia, the Jitenge that used to come from 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 Zambia. Like you would ask the person, like if it's looking really nice, like the, the outfit that they had, it must have been made with Amazambia. Right? So how do we get that back up? Right? How do we then also ensure that it's not only just doing stuff for fashion, but it's also doing stuff to protect uh, you know, uh healthcare workers, right? Yeah, that is absolutely true. And I'm thinking about that even more because um, I was at an event where businesses were pitching and it was primarily like um, small scale um, fashion houses, uh, media houses as well, like people trying to get into graphic design and all these different spaces. And a lot of what I saw was there's lots of capacity, like potential capacity that's there, even like within the, the fashion industry. People have a lot of talent. All they need is the injection of capital to get them to scale to mm-hmm. levels where they can switch from making, you know, um, clothing into uh, helping medical practitioners with PPEs or masks and all that sort of thing. And I guess maybe at a micro level, we go back to what we spoke about before, and that was doing our parts as individuals in supporting the people next to us in whatever they're doing. Support the guy mm-hmm. in the one room. Um, uh, building, trying to do something until he's able to scale. And I don't just mean support by buying stuff, but support by also providing constructive criticism, especially with what you've you've done, calling people out on their trash service and getting them to do something about it. I think it not only helps you in getting what you want, but helps them grow from that particular, you know, trash service to something that actually helps people in a way that benefits both parties. Yeah, but the thing is, is that like if you if you're the only person who's continuously doing that, then what happens is they service you, but they don't actually fix the problem, which is which is a, a, a common workaround. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the question is, is that also like how do we just mobilize people to like use their voices, right? Because in Zambia, it's not also sometimes that people are being silenced. People silence themselves, right? They'll be like, no, I don't want to say. Yeah, I heard that. I I saw someone talking about that online, you know? Like, Zambian, like, there's, like, this stereotype that Zambians have, like, the lowest self-esteem. Like, we don't think we deserve nice things. It's like, we're in this 
toxic relationship with ourselves. Oh, fab, like, it's a culture. <laughs> it's the culture, yeah? Uh, uh, but the thing is, is that like, you know what? Like some of us have managed to escape it. Right. So how do we how do we scale that up? How do we you know, how do we encourage others and say like, hey, yeah, if we want things to truly change. And then also like what scares me is that like, do we truly want to change? Maybe we don't. Yeah. And that that is that that is something that I I, I, I cannot uh, I cannot accept. I really hope that that is not the case. Right. Because what gets me through and what that what makes me continue to speak up about things is the fact that like maybe it's just because people don't know that there's others out there that are feeling the same things that they're feeling and maybe they'll be encouraged to step up too if they see other people stepping up that's what keeps me going yeah and i guess to like um start wrapping it up um what you've just said kind of goes back to what we spoke about earlier as well um giving people a platform to like share information or like speak up collectively in a way that helps them gain that kind of self-confidence and demand better. Like we deserve better. I deserve better. I can't live in a neighborhood that has no fiber in this day and age. Like it just doesn't make a lot of sense. How long am I going to be paying for internet at such a high, you know, rate so that you build your infrastructure, but it just never shows itself. You know what I mean? Is that what they say? Right. That you're paying expensive prices so they can build their infrastructure. Is that no, no, job? no, no, no one says that publicly, but it, 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 it just seems to me that we're paying such ridiculous amounts so people can um, put up the infrastructure needed to lower the cost, but it's not happening. It's just not right fair. because. Because they're, because they're saying that also, like that, that, you know, in the end, like internet penetration is not that high. Right, and a lot of people are using the free free Facebook, right? Or they're buying the really really small bundles, right? You get it. I might yeah, not say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and so then you know the people who are buying like the the big big bundles are basically subsidizing that. Oh, right. I thought that's like a the, Facebook thing. Yeah, but then but then at the same time, right? Yeah, I I. I I still feel as well that like there comes a point where it's like, if you want to get more people on, you have to bring it down. Right. Because the, the, what you call it, there is upward mobility. Our middle class has been, has been growing. Yeah. Consistently. Has it? Yeah, it has. And also to be what people, what people don't understand about the informal sector is that a lot of the, the money that they have is not recorded. Right, and so and if you know where mobile someone, money can come in, right, exactly. And then also, right, you you what do you call it? If you know that there's a, there's potentially a lot of people who buy a lot of small bundles, you're still making money, right? Because the fact of the matter is, people have mobile phones. Everybody does. They find a way, and everybody wants to be connected. Nobody wants to be left behind. Yeah. And so at some point, you're just like, if you improve the service, right, those who are buying big bundles will buy even more because they'll be like, okay, right, the service is really great, which means I can do more things. Yeah. Because for me, I'm not buying, I could buy, I could probably use more of the internet than I do, but I don't because I'm like, half the time the internet is not working. Yeah. (laughs) So why am I buying such a big bundle? I'm going to buy a bundle that I know I will finish 
I will get my gigabytes. Those are my problems right now. Those are my problems right now. You have no idea. The internet yeah. never works half the time. Yeah. But yeah. And I don't and I know I'm not going to get that back. Yes, if I top up beforehand, like it will roll over, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is that like rollover doesn't really help me if I know if it keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. Yeah. That eventually I'm not going to use it. And like, you know, at some point it, it, it's going to, what do you call it? It's either you're like, let me use all of this now, try and use all of this now this month. Right. Rather than collecting it. Cause that, what, what good does that do me either? Have you, have you tried the, the fiber? The reason that I, what you call it, that I don't do fiber is because it doesn't make sense for my lifestyle right now. Ah. Uh, right. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, what you call it, it, it doesn't make sense. You use the MiFi yes. thingy? And, uh, yes. Okay. And then it means that like, if I'm going away for months, right? Yeah. I'm not like, <laughs> I'm just like, okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's that just, makes sense. Yeah. That yeah, makes lots it, of sense. And then also because I spend a lot of the time, I, like if I'm on, if I'm working on something, most of the time I'm outside, right? So therefore I can take my internet with me wherever. So I'm not thinking, oh, I need to have like a separate thing on my phone when I'm out and about, like mm. on location or doing something. It just, yeah. What is um, the one um, thing that you hope gets disrupted? Like, what are you looking forward to? The culture. I think us finally realizing, right, that we are so much more. Yeah. I, the people always ask me, why are you still here in Zambia? Because I believe in us. No matter how much I complain or I point out what's wrong, if you look at the way that I put my stuff out there in the end it's usually like a call to arms in the end or like you know trying to put some positivity out there or trying to plant a seed for you to like think about stuff and be inspired to do something to innovate to change things to you know to start something right because there is so much potential here right i i, I lived in the west Right, and a lot of people uh, go there because it's it's comfortable. You know, you can get something and be okay. But it's not necessarily about innovating. It's not about starting something. It's not about making change. It's just about taking care of yourself, right? And the fact of the matter is, they can take care of this, uh, themselves. Yeah, who's taking care of us? If we don't take care of ourselves, like no one else, no one else will. So I really hope that, the, that there's going to start to be a serious culture shift. Yeah, because it has been happening over the past two decades. I've seen it, but it needs to happen quicker, right? And one of the ways that that happens as well is through the content that we create, right? People keep asking me, oh, when's your next documentary coming out? And I'm like, well, are you supporting me? Like, why do you think that it's only one? Where? Even when you look at Hollywood movies, it's never just one person's name. Even even if it's a documentary, yes, there's less names, but still it's never one person's name. <laughs> mm, never. So I'm just like, why are you thinking that I'm just going to do this by myself? And I don't have the hubris to be like, yes, I can do it all by myself. Yeah, because I know I can't. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that is absolutely like, true. <laughs> I, I might have someone who might help or be interested in doing documentaries with yeah. you. Uh, the, 
uh, send them by way, but like don't, don't send them my way if they're not serious. Because like a lot of the time, what will happen is either people are telling me that I should be doing their documentary, and I'm like, excuse me, like I already have enough on my own plate. I don't have time to be taking other people's things on because the environment is just not conducive, right? I I need yeah. I then, need you to have a YouTube channel, Ngosa. I'll be such too, a stan. Uh, which, <laughs> uh, you know what honestly I do not have the bandwidth for that like a lot of people think that like I have like all of this time and this money to do stuff like I really don't yeah if I did I would do all of these other things but I don't I really really don't yeah I put I put everything into making that Chipolopolo documentary and I I still have not recouped my <laughs> the, the recouped my cash right and not only that, like I did that because I wanted to show people what could be done so that then they could, they could believe in me. Right. Yeah. But nobody wants to believe in me financially. They want to like smile at me. Yeah. But, like, oh, nice documentary. But, yeah. Yes. But they'll give other people money. They'll give other people money. And do you know why they'll do it? It's because they know that they can give them less money and put out something that's okay. Right. But people are actually afraid of success and people are actually afraid of doing stuff of quality because if they do that and that happens consistently, then it means that then everybody has to step up. And that's also something that we need to change is that we like to keep, we, 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 we cap ourselves, yeah. right? We don't want to, we don't want to, if we shoot for the moon, then we stay on the moon. We don't want to try and see if we can get to Jupiter, Saturn, out of the Milky Way into another galaxy. No, 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 And then when we see that somebody has gone out into the galaxy, we're like, oh, that was really nice. And then from then, then they're like, and you stay there and they're going to make sure that nobody else can get there too and that you, can, you can't come back and get more people to get there, right? It, it's, it's, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. And we can't, now, now we can't afford that because we depend on ourselves, right? But at the same time, I, you know, I I think there's hope. If people can come together and 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 do what they're doing with Lusaka helps, right? In an emergency, yeah. How do we take oh, that that's spirit? That's been amazing. Yeah. How do we take that spirit and then use that in all the different sectors that we need to build up? Yeah. That's, that's what we, we need to ask, to ask ourselves. I mean, I saw recently that um, uh, I think uh, Simunza was uh, helping set up some sort of angel investors. Monica Musonda was tweeting about it and saying she was excited about it and stuff. So, you know, things like that, if they materialize and they actually start like, you know, putting things into into the system, that's great. Um, In terms of the... The, the the media environment, you know, I operate on the fringes, I'm independent, and that seems mm. to really scare people. And somebody will be like, oh, well, then why don't you attach yourself to a station? The reason you don't ast- attach yourself to a station is because what I create can't be made there because it's, it, it, you, it's form- there, there's a formula to it, right? And when things have a formula, yes, they're comforting, but they don't, they, they don't tend to push the boundaries. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like what I make. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving that up to be as the, the, the a, a suit. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what, the, if that's the part that you want to take and that works for you, great. Because all of that stuff has its place, and I love series, right? But mm-hmm. what, what, what yeah, I'm, let's, uh, let's do it. Yeah, what I'm, what I'm doing, uh, I can't have that, uh, that, that ha- amount of oversight. The creativity comes from being free to like follow the story however it goes, and then you know. It, it, letting it take its course 
Yeah. 18 didn't 18 wasn't the story that I thought I was going to tell. It took like about two years of exploration and like going down all of these different paths before it ended up being what it was. And you know what? Like that's I think that's the kind of thing that I admire the most. It's the it's the patience and the dedication to put something together and let it tell a story that's uniquely yours and be able to stand your ground in what you believe in and how you believe you can deliver something that works. And that's something that I, that I really, really like. Um, Daniel, what would you like to be disrupted? Um, gosh, um, I I would want the culture to change so much also, but I want I want our culture around building and telling ourselves we deserve better to change and we need better internet. Please disrupt the internet. Like I I we need like everyone to get on the internet so everyone can be like, okay, we have this many users, we can reduce prices now and we can create better, you know, access for everyone and better speeds. So if there's one thing, internet, please. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I agree with both of you. Um, leaning towards culture more because um, I think it's it's. I know I usually say like there's no one answer to fix everything that we have, but it kind of feels like we fix that. We fix a lot of like some of the issues in the long run. So yeah, it's like a domino effect because yeah, like, like if each individual is changed, then whatever field that they are in they can start to make changes because they're starting to look at things differently. Yeah, definitely. And I'm really looking forward to that. I think key takeaways from this, uh, I'll definitely look into um, what the, what the different challenges are within some of the spaces that we definitely need some level of change in. We should probably get like some guys from like these internet service providers, like kind of tell us why things are so difficult to do. And maybe we can provide some sort of insight and stuff like that. But it's been amazing. Yeah. It's always nice to talk to you, Ngosa. Oh, it's always lovely to be on Codecast and you stuff. Know, you guys don't have me on often enough. You know what? I was that thinking if I could get her to host a show for like even a limited was series. Was that sweet I'd for be, me? Yes, I it saw was. that tweet. Oh, and I was like, oh, is that my, am I supposed to pick up my sub? Oh, you guys. <laughs> That's something all negative. <laughs> you know, that's like that's that's like generally the message people push. But I don't think subs are all negative. They should. No, they're not. No, I don't think so. I think sometimes, like that, I think it just means it's coded, and it's like, can you what do you call it? Can you can you decipher the code? Oh, okay. That's how that's how that's how I look at it. So I looked at it and I saw it, and then I just left it because I was like, oh my god, do I have a big head? Was he talking to me? Yeah, I was <laughs> we just had a conversation. Because <laughs> we just had a conversation and then you tweeted. So then I was like, mm, is that a coincidence? Uh, you know what? I I I you know what I would I, I would love to be like a guest host every now and again because I know that I have the tendency to overcommit to things and then let people down and I wouldn't want to do that. So that is definitely true, and we want you to stay with what me, you can don't do. Let me, don't let me down. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> you know what, Daniel? Daniel that's Daniel. very dramatic. That's very dramatic. It feels like we started on a very dramatic note, like with fluffy slippers and um, what, piggly wiggly, woof woof. 
and baby shark and baby shark and now we're ending on a melody from daniel so <laughs> but you know what that's that's the best way like because you know what honestly i think being able to find joy in life whenever you can no matter what's going on that's that's it, that's the secret man because that's what keeps you going you know so <laughs> I'm perfectly happy to be serenaded by Daniel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on more regularly and uh, there will be a lot of singing. <laughs> you know what, actually, I don't, that, that could deter me because I'm like, do I, do I really want to like, assault everybody's ears? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure everybody loved, uh, our viewers, like our listenership will like go up after, you know, my sample. Wow. Okay, guys. Okay. You know what? This this is this has been nice, and um, hopefully we'll catch up again soon. Um, you know, I I did you know, I'm and I'm available. So you know, all you have to do is just say, "Hey, we'd like to talk about this. Would you like to talk about it too?" And yeah, we can do awesome. it again. Definitely. I will fight through the internet for you guys. I will do it. Yes, you know this. The love is real. Yeah, speaking of fighting (laughs) for the internet for the rest of us, where can people find you? On the internet, on the interwebs. Oh, well, um, you can find me on Facebook at my page, Ngosa Chungu, and you can find me on Twitter at W-H-O-O-P-S underscore C and on Instagram at W-H-O-O-P-S dot C. Pretty much if you put in Ngosa Chungu, like you'll find me. Uh-huh. Wait, you can also find me on vimeo.com on demand. Watch my film, rent it or buy it. That is what's keeping me going right now. Like shameless plug. Also, if you <laughs> want to change the culture, watch that film because it will make you so proud to be Zambian and realize what amazing things that we can do. And then you can take that and do amazing things in your own life. So it's it's worth it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Daniel is at Malgambez on Twitter and pretty much Malgambez on everything, right? Yup, on brand. <laughs> Great. And I'm sour underscore bones. <laughs> we'll talk soon, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for getting through all the way to the end. This is Codecast. We are Codecast.m on every platform and um, listen to every episode. It's all good content, we promise. Okay. It really is. It really is. Okay, guys. Bye. All right. Bye. bye. You've been listening to Codecast Zambia brought to you by Agora Code. Visit agoracode.community for more information or like us on Facebook. That's at Code Agora. We're on Twitter too, at Code Agora.